Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your day after game edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez, August 20th edition. Flyers Daily presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Chris Tarian, former Flyer defenseman and analyst, going to join us coming up in just a couple of moments as the Flyers go down in game number five, a missed opportunity to end the series against the Montreal Canadiens. They will now play coming up tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, game number six. Canadians will be looking to force a game seven. Flyers are looking to be the Flyers will be looking to win their first playoff series since 2012 when they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in the opening round of those playoffs. Score in the game five to three in the Canadians' favor. Boy, this game didn't look like the previous couple of games by any stretch. The Flyers and Canadians trading chances. Odd man rushes at points in the games at both ends of the ice, wide open at points. Didn't look like a game where every inch of the ice was contested, and the Flyers ultimately come out uh, without the win, and the Canadians keep their series and their season alive. A couple of power play goals from Jake Voracek in the game and a power play goal from Joel Fireby. That's the good news you take out of this game is that they got the power play going uh, for the first time in this series, although they did score a power play goal uh, the opening goal of the series in game number one. Uh, but to get the three power play goals, certainly good news for the Flyers. Need to keep that going going forward, both on Friday and beyond, should it need it in this series or the next series. Uh, but the Flyers uh, did a good job on the man advantage, but they give up a shorthanded goal to open the scoring in the game. Also, a couple defensive lapses in the game, too. Ended up costing the Flyers. The good news is when you're up three games to one and they make it 3-2 and the other team's not going to just go away. They're not going to just tuck tail and run. Uh, the, the good news is is you're going to get their desperate effort in the three games to one game where they uh, come back and they try and keep a series alive uh, where you have to win it. Now you have to wear them down and you have to win it in game number six and not allow this series to go to a game seven. So again, game coming up tomorrow, seven o'clock puck drop at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. We'll get to Twitter questions after we get to the man. Let's talk to him right now. Here's my conversation with former Flyer defenseman Chris Tarrion. Uh, joining us right now after a game five loss, a missed opportunity is former Flyer defenseman and analyst Chris Tarrion. Bundy, uh, they missed an opportunity tonight, but I got to ask the first question is, why is the fourth win of a series the hardest one to get? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? It's it's a great question. You know, I've heard from a lot of good hockey people, former Flyer coach Ken Hitchcock. Uh, Guy Carbono said, uh, to win the fourth game, you have to play your best game. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's true in, in a lot of regards. I mean, you may go back through your career and say, geez, I remember I was in that series, and I don't really remember it being my best game. But you probably did a lot of good things in it as a, as a, whole, as a group. So I think what happens with the fourth one, Jace, is that you – you get the first three, right? Then you get yourself in a situation where you're like, well, we're up 3-1, right? We're comfortable. So then you think that whatever you did, it's just a matter of you put your sticks on the ice. So, uh, again, I, I think this is a team, you know, they've only had a couple guys left over from uh, uh, the last playoff series that they, they won. So it's a whole new group of guys. Uh, some guys have had success in playoffs, Matty Niskin, and other guys are just getting a touch of it for the first time. So, it is difficult. It's not like you have a group, uh, you know, after two or three years of long runs that know each other well and know what it takes. So to be able to win the fourth game, you have to have a lot of things go your way. And you also have to re realize that if you're in that situation and you have a lead in the series, the other team's not going to go away either. They're going to want to keep on fighting. Uh, and I think that's what you saw tonight from, the, from Montreal. 
Uh, and at the same time, I do feel like the Flyers had an opportunity seized in that game that they did not capitalize upon at all. Yeah, and let's first talk about the power play because it did connect three times in the game. They had the major yep. that they were dealing with, uh, and they got two on that. Voracek gets both of those. Then uh, one later in the game in the third period when Joel Farabee on a high tip uh, on a pass from Voracek. Um, what did you see on the power play? Was it something different, or was this just one of those games, Bundy, that didn't look like the other games because it was a lot more wide open? They were trading odd man rushes at one point at the end of the second period. It looked like a, a two yeah. different teams playing at, at points in the game. Yeah, really good uh, pickup by you there. It was, even as I said, like, and I said in the pregame tonight on NBC that, you know, uh, uh, this is probably not the kind of game that Montreal wants to get into a, a trade chances type of game with the Flyers, because I think the Flyers, that would suit the Flyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a defensive team. They know how they win. You know, they have a defensive system they believe in now. They have a goaltender that's excellent. Um, I just felt like the turning point for me was when the Flyers took that 2-1 lead after the Cockney the, the five-minute major Voracek with the two goals. He was great tonight. I mean, he was on another level. Uh, and even the third goal, the Farabee. Uh, you know what? Power plays are weird. They're so odd sometimes because you can score them in bunches, and then all of a sudden your percentage looks good. But and it can also, you know, if the Flyers' power play scores three again next game, next thing you know, your, your, whole, your whole playoff number looks far better than it does now, you know, yeah. where it was before the game tonight, 3.3% is what it was at the end of the first period tonight. Uh, those numbers are, are pretty pretty tough to get over and win a series when you're that low. But somehow they found a way and even strength to, to somehow get it done. Um, Bundy, when, when you have that opportunity up three games to one, you don't get it done in game number five, and you get the opportunity again on Friday. Is this a situation – you're a guy that's been in that situation. Um, is yeah. that a situation Friday where now you really bear down because you know you don't want a game seven? And that's where you really throw your best effort. It's almost like this series can become like a game in itself. Um, and, and you feel like, you know what, if this was the second period of the or late, in the second period of the series tonight for the Flyers, they should have, should have learned a lesson in it that, you know what, you just don't want to play the kind of style that they engaged in. As you said, that type of pond hockey trading chances, a little bit too loosey goosey. Uh, I think their bread and butter, uh, this team, is lockdown defense, playing solid, moving the puck out of the zone, and counting on your goaltender to make a good save or a routine save when he has to. And that's really what this team's been about. Uh, they're going to have to have a much different start than they did tonight. I had a, I, I, Even though they had a lead in that second period, Jason, I didn't really feel like um, they did themselves any justice with the start they had. They fell down in the game. Again, the team that scores ended up scoring uh, uh, first, ended up winning, winning the hockey game. And uh, – I just felt like they needed to come out tonight, treat that first 10 minutes with the utmost respect, uh, and then move on from there. And instead, Montreal, I thought, had a little bit too much momentum to start. What, what did you think of the decision to initially decide to pull Hart, but then when they challenged it to keep him in? I, to me, the, the goal that he let in after that, after they scored the goal to tie it at three, uh, wasn't on him. It was just a horrible defensive zone breakdown, you know, 13 or 14 seconds after the goal. But – um, what did you think of that decision? Oh, by the, fourth, the fourth goal, right? Yeah, 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 that one. Fourth goal? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, after the Flyers tied it at three, right? Um, you know what? I mean, there's different times in a game. I mean, this is a guy that's relied on four lines. Uh, I think the play behind the net, I know Thompson went to make that play behind the net, but I, I don't, you know, I don't blame the guy. He's a center coming back in that situation to help the, the, uh, the third guy. I think he was trying to put that puck back over to Robert Haig, except he didn't get enough mustard on it. 
and he wasn't 100% sure that Hager was going to be there. Even though Hager's swinging his stick, breaking it, tells me that he thinks he should have been there uh, for, for Thompson. So, listen, uh, even though the turnover happened, they've they've been able to get themselves out of uh, plays like that. Let's give much – again, I look at the facts. There's another team on the ice. It was a great pass by Drew and an unbelievable uh, finish by Suzuki. I mean, that's great poise by that youngster right there. But, uh, again uh, – you know, the Flyers have done this to teams, too, uh, where they scored a goal right after the other team responded, and it's a backbreaker, and that certainly was. That's not the kind of goal you want to give up right after you work so hard to tie the game. And your power play is the one that, that's done it, and it's been invisible to this point. Yeah, it's a great point. And the one thing you said there, and I think it needs to be accentuated, because when people hear this, we're taping it after the game on uh, the night of the game, but when people hear this, it'll be the, the day after, perhaps a little bit more rational. Uh, there is right. another team on the ice that's – that's not just going to tuck tail and run because you want to get out in five. You were going to get their best effort tonight, and you got their best effort. I mean, I think people fail to realize that element. I, I saw some people on social media questioning effort. I didn't think there was a lack of effort in the game. Did you see? Did you feel that way in no. any way, shape, or form? No. I mean, I listen. I've seen lack of effort before, and, and uh, uh, you know, watch. There's, there was another game being played tonight that looked like a, a lot lack of effort, and it wasn't a hockey game. Um, you know, no, the Flyers competed hard. They wanted to win the game. Believe me, they wanted to put Montreal away. Yeah, battle um, back a couple of times. You know what? Let me tell you, and I know this. Listen, Montreal, the Montreal Canadiens, much like the Flyers, they have some good coaches. Claude Julien, I know he's out right now. But the guys on that bench, Kirk Muller, Luke Richardson, the people in Philadelphia know the character that Luke Richardson has. He's going to make sure those guys go out and compete give an honest effort. Kirk Muller played forever in this league, won a Stanley Cup with Montreal back in the early 90s with John LeClaire and Desjardins. He's not going to let those guys just, you know, uh, fly off and just sail into the sunset with no battle to them. Flyers have another opportunity. They get two more chances to seal this. They do not want this to go seven. I do not want this to go seven games. But, again, what you just said, there's two teams on the ice, and sometimes that other team is going to make plays, and they're going to make your team, uh, you know, look look down at times that's yeah. the way it goes that's hockey that, that's called desperation and when you're up against it that's when you're going to get some, somebody's you know best effort and you're right about Kirk Muller he's a former captain in this league you're he won a cup in 93 yeah. with, with that Patrick Wall team and that was the last time the Canadian team by the way I think won the cup but anyway right. um that's right. <laughs> uh, last thing, Bundy, um, coming up on Friday, uh, d- did you see anything where you could see any changes in the lineup but obviously if Nicholas Abe Kubel can go uh, that's that that's injury, so we don't know about that. Um, Connor Butterman, I thought he had a really good scoring chance early in the game too. The Price robbed him on down low, but um, Faraby, I mean, he had the goal tonight. He's looked good. He doesn't look. He looks like he's adjusted to the physicality of the playoffs a little bit to me. Uh, any lineup changes that you foresee, other than maybe you know Nicholas Albe Kubel coming back into the lineup? Yeah, and again, that's got to be a coaching dream right now for every coach involved. You don't even have to whisper or talk about what's going on with the injury situation. So they're yeah. probably happy about it. I mean, you know, through the course of the year, everybody around the team always wants to get, you know, an idea of what's going on, even if we don't talk about it. Uh, right now, there's literally we, – we really can't get any information, and that's fine. Uh, I don't know. It sounded tonight, though, listen to AV on the postgame show, uh, uh, right after the game when they, they had him doing his postgame commentary. To me, it sounded like – He'd already decided he was going to make a change. Um, and, and listen, I mean, he's made changes in the series after wins, after losses. Injuries, of course, will play the biggest part of that. But uh, he's not afraid to to be able to make changes, even if 
it might not be popular in someone else's mind. He doesn't care. Um, I think the X factor, the guy still is out there that was did not play again tonight is JVR. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a guy that can score. Guy can score goals. He's just got to find a way to get himself engaged uh, and in an opportunity. To be quite honest with you, well, it's it's a hard hard thing for a guy to to score goals at, uh, in that role when you're playing third and fourth line minutes. Uh, but again, you know, you have to earn your right to be up on those top first two lines to get yourself scoring chances to be there, and that hasn't happened either. But he's an X factor for sure. Faraby, of course, you're not going to take out once you got three goals now in the, in the series. So, yeah. um, you don't you don't do much there with him. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what he does. But uh, I, again, I don't think that making too many changes is going to be dire. I think it's a matter of team attitude uh, and how they come out and respond themselves to game game six Friday night, uh, seven o'clock, and and that's where it'll be. They've, their own destiny lies in their hands this series. I believe the Flyers are good enough and should win this series. I said that uh, at the beginning, and I'm going to hold true to that. But they're going to have to go out and earn it. It doesn't look like Montreal hasn't given up at any point in this series. And I sure don't think it's going to happen Friday night. Yeah, no question about it. 7 o'clock puck drop on Friday night. Flyers, Canadians, game number seven. Bundy, thanks for doing this. Jason, as always, buddy. Thanks. And uh, hopefully we'll have a maybe we'll do this Friday again and uh, we have a little bit better result. Absolutely. Uh, would love to have a much different conversation come Friday evening after the Flyers play the Canadians in game number six of this best of seven series. Flyers up now three games to two. Let's get to a few Twitter questions before we get out of here and this edition of Flyers Daily. Chris Dockerty tweets and he says, why does AV try to shelter Hart so much? Every time he's in a tough situation, AV wants to pull him. The kid has to take his lumps and grow from performances like these. He's not learning anything on the bench. What's the point of uh, in this? Is this proving? Uh, well, he was going to pull him out of the game, and then when they decided and he got the notification from his uh, video coaches that to challenge the goal that it was offsides, he had the opportunity to talk to Hart, look at him, and say, hey, man. And he said, I'm good. So he left him out there. Um, I think also in these situations, you're looking to get Brian Elliott some ice time because you never know when you may have to go to him because of injury or whatever, unfit to play. Um, so I think that this isn't like a normal situation, and they don't have as much practice time. Uh, in the in the bubble as they normally would as well. So to get Brian Elliott some ice time in a game that he feels like he could use a momentum shift, he'll take it. Uh, James O'Connor tweets in. He says, TK, what's the issue? It's a good question. Um, at points in games, Travis Konechny really looks totally fine. Um, at other points, you can tell he's squeezing it. He's not shooting the puck as much. He's hit a couple of posts in this series. Um, but uh, his game is just not dialed in right now for some reason. And that line looked so good with Hayes, Konechny, and um, Scott Lawton in the round robin. It hasn't looked quite as good, although I think in, in game number five it did look good. And I thought Kevin Hayes had his best game of the entire return to play uh, coming up uh, last night. So uh, that's a good sign for the Flyers. They need to get him going as well offensively. At Philly Chris on Twitter says, why is Couturier hitting uh, Lekkanen after the Habs iced the game there? He said, I'm afraid that's just pouring gasoline on the fire for the Habs to come out with an edge in game six. It felt careless to me. I totally disagree. Um, if you're just going to go down and go down without swinging, I think you'd be criticized for that. I think the fact that he went after him is trying to wake his own team up. And I don't think that that'll have any effect for the Canadians. I think it can only have effect for the team that loses that didn't go down limp, if you will. Mike Chia tweets in and he says, which of the top five scorers will be first or even most important to break out? Personally, I think Hayes has played so well but just hasn't been rewarded, but I think K TK needs it most, and I agree with you. I think TK does need it. 
Jake Voracek was tremendous in the game. Um, Sean Couturier has been a really good 200-foot player. He's got a few assists as well. Giroux with a couple really nice assists on those two Voracek goals on the uh, on the five-minute five uh, major penalty power play where they scored twice. Um, but, yeah, I think Travis Konechny, if he can – if he can start snapping it and, and finding the back of the net, then I think that's going to be a big, big boost for the Flyers. Ethan tweets in and says, any insight into how much practice time the team is spending working on the PP? Second unit tonight looked like they had never played together. Well, they really haven't played a whole heck of a lot together. And you know, Elaine Vigneault and Michelle Tarion, who runs the power play, are, are trying some different combinations. They just they don't have a lot of practice time, period. They just don't because... It's like they didn't have any practice time between Game and 4 and Game 5, obviously, because they played yesterday. They played two days in a row. And on the days that you don't have a game and you do have practice, the practices aren't very long. You're trying to conserve guys' energy in a situation where you had three games in four days. So there's not a lot of time to work on these kind of things. That's just part of the deal right now. Um, you got to find a way to get it going without that. You hope scoring three goals, three power play goals in Game number 5 is something that gets that power play confidence and maybe that's exactly what they need. AJ tweets in. He says, it's hard to imagine that this Flyers team loses three games in a row, right? No back-to-back losses since early January has to be a positive indication that even with the pause. Yeah, they've bounced back every time. Even they got beaten game two, five to nothing, and people wanted to jump off the bridges. And they came back and they won two games, two very tight hockey games. That's their identity. They bounce back from losses. They have another opportunity to bounce back off a loss coming up on Friday until they lose two in a row, which they haven't done since January 4th and January 7th. Um, they're a team that responds to losses extremely well. All right, last question comes from Tristan Ritterelli. Uh, do you feel like it's time for them to move Giroux back up to the first line or maybe try putting TK with G and Coots to try and get something going? I, I like your second suggestion of putting Konechny with Giroux and Couturier, um, but Couturier and Voracek are, are playing well together, um, especially on the power play, but Giroux's on the power play as well, so your, your point still stands. Uh, I don't know. I know Elaine Vigneault wants to spread his, uh, his line and offensive threats through the lineup a little bit more. That's why he has Giroux playing with Grant uh, on that third line right now. So I'm not sure what his thinking is going to be there. I think he could make some changes, though, and try for a little bit more potency as to a a little less efficacy over multiple lines. Um, But I do like the idea of Travis Konechny with uh, Couturier and Giroux. So I think it's a good one. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. Another game day episode coming up tomorrow on a Friday. Flyers will still have an opportunity to close out this series. Flyers Daily, presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Flyers, Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho and give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. Everybody, take the day remain calm. The team has lost back-to-back games since early January. Will they respond to this loss? We'll know tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Flyers Daily, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. To the world,